Darwin Bay is the crater of an old volcano, once full of fire, but now full of water, and full of sea bats, too. It is an eerie place. Around nearly its whole circumference are black basalt cliffs, too steep to climb, which fall vertically into the black water. What deeps lie below its surface we do not know, for the naval officer who undertook to survey it found no bottom in the middle with a sounding line of 450 feet. What anchorage exists is very dangerous, with depths entirely misrepresented by the chart. One edge of the vast crater is broken down into a passage that lets in the sea. Outside of its headlands on either side, the great Pacific roll breaks over formidable reefs and against sheer cliffs and rock-piled points. Hidden behind bird-whitened rocks in an inner corner is the only landing beach, and there is nothing green about the shores but a bunch or two of mangroves drawing a precarious living from rocks that seem wholly unable to support them. In these surroundings, with a stiff trade wind breeze blowing into the harbor, Giff and I went off that same afternoon to try conclusions, if we could, with a manta, of which a new species had been reported from Tower Island, but never taken. We went with three others in the 22-foot Seabright Dory with its 20-horsepower engine, which had been equipped for just such fishing, and we started to make the circle of the bay. The Seabright carried a tub of 200 fathoms of 12-thread manila line made into the specifications of standard-size whale line and a whale harpoon and lance. As I stood in the bow of the launch with a coil of line in my left hand and the hickory harpoon handle laid across the gunnels, it all seemed too good to be true. After long years of planning and waiting, I was in the Galapagos at last, and almost in the bodily presence of the great sea bat I had dreamed about so often and with such great desire. Things kept getting better and better. Within a very few minutes, we caught sight of one of these huge, incredible fishes whose wingtips were breaking water every moment. It seemed simply enormous. And surprisingly strange, too, pernicious and dread, and no mistake, a creature from the Andalusian world that somehow had survived into our time. A pleasant thrill crept up my spine. This is what we came for. Soon we could see the outline of the great fish through the dark water as it swam slowly along. It was like a barn door just under the surface, a big barn door, or more exactly, like a slightly warped square with only three corners, the fourth cut off to make room for the cavernous mouth with its two arm-like feeders, and at the opposite point the long, slim tail serrated with prickly spines. This manta waving its way through the water with a motion that looked like flying paid us not the slightest attention. I imagine there are few things it ever has to dodge. It was so fearless that I have no doubt we could have driven the launch squarely over it. I saw that everything was clear, the line running freely through a heavy iron staple in the bow, the line knife ready to cut if necessary. I braced myself raised the harpoon in both hands, balanced it, pointed with it at the fish to guide the steersman, and waited. But not long enough. I was in too much haste and through too soon. My left hand guided the iron. My right, its palm against the butt of the harpoon pole, drove it with all the power I had. 
It seemed to strike just where I aimed, and checked and stood and quivered for a moment before the manta snatched it under water.' 